right, welcome to the Adaptive Special Needs Career Podcast, where our mission is to inspire others towards a career working with the adaptive special needs population. Also, if you find the podcast helpful, please consider writing a review, rating it, and even sharing it on social media. You never know how a simple review or share on social media could lead someone into picking a career working with a special needs population. Today, I am so excited. We have a very special guest. Her name is Sandra Scanlon. She is a physical therapist, and she is very passionate about what she does. Sandra, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Daniel. It's good to be here. So Sandra, you're a physical therapist. Tell us about some of the types of clients that you work with. I know that physical therapists, they all work with different types of clientele, but what clientele do you work with? Okay, we work with people who have been injured in some way, either by pain or maybe a stroke, neurological, any kind of injury that that causes them to have a disability or chronic pain. And then we work with them to try to overcome those obstacles that they have now in their life and to continue living the best that they can. So for example, if a person has had a stroke and they've lost the entire ability to lose their left side, can't walk, we work with them to help develop those skills again so that they can um, live functional lives. That's great. So you're probably focusing on just activities of daily living and just things to help them gain their independence back from whatever happened to them. Is that right? Yeah. Very good. So what would you say the most common type of injury or disability that you see is? Uh, I work in an acute care hospital down here in Samoa. We only have one hospital, so we see everybody. But in our population, we have a lot of strokes and we have a lot of orthopedic, especially low back pain. Okay. Yeah. Our company also works with quite a few individuals that have uh, survived strokes. So I, I know the challenges that can come with that. What does it look like if you or if you had someone that just had a stroke, um, they would come in to see you, you know, what would a typical session look like with uh, that individual who just had a stroke? Okay. So of course it's going to depend on how severe their stroke was. First of all, we have to do a lot of things uh, like balance and core strengthening and re-education with mobility. But I think one of the biggest things people want to be able to do right away is to be able to walk again. So if they have that ability, like within the first or second session, I like to try to get them to stand up, um, maybe even in the parallel bars, maybe take a first step if that's safe, so that they can become, um, that gives them encouragement. If a person is not encouraged, they're not likely to continue to come to therapy. They really need that proof that this is going to work for them. You know, this is this is going to help them. So I would probably, first of all, try to get them mobility. So if they're bed bound, to be able to sit up, to be able to get their balance, to sit at the side of the bed, to start doing some functional activities as well, so that they see the purpose of the ability, the um, movement patterns that we're re, you know, teaching. And then always be talking with them about the progression and how fast it might go or how slow it might go so that they're realistic about their goals as well too. With strokes, it'd be a lot of what they call therapeutic exercise. So mat work, working on mobility, like turning in bed, sitting up, coming to stand. And then eventually when we get all those lower levels stable, moving into walking. So a lot of like the rehabilitation with strokes and even spinal cord injuries, or not spinal cord injuries, but head injuries, it follows the developmental sequence. So you start with, you know, the things that the babies do, crawling and sitting, and then working your way up to standing and walking. 
Wow, that's amazing. I love that you're able to really take that individualized approach with um, each different type of disability and ultimately, you know, potentially help them walk again. I'm sure you have some really amazing stories about clients and patients that, you know, came into you and they couldn't walk. And by the time they were done with therapy with you, they were able to walk again. And are there any stories that come to mind immediately when I say that? Not really, but I know one of the most exciting patient types that I've had before is someone with Guillain-Barre. Guillain-Barre is one of those mysterious type of illnesses. They think it comes from a virus, but it affects the muscles, the spinal system. And slowly a person becomes paralyzed, starting from the distal, like the hands and the feet and slowly moving up. And they get more and more paralyzed and some all the way completely to the lungs so that they're on a ventilator. And then the disease reverses and everything starts slowly coming back. So when you have a person that's gotten to the point where they absolutely can't do anything on their own, even breathing, they can only blink their eyes to communicate. And then you're able to work with them as they're recovering and get them back to strengthening and moving and walking and feeding themselves again. It's really rewarding and it's very exciting to to be part of that. Wow. I can't even imagine what that must feel like, um, especially yeah. to watch someone go through that disease and get to the point when they can only blink mm-hmm. and then to see that get reversed and to walk along that journey with them. That must be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of rewards in what you do and the profession that you picked, but what are some of the challenges of just being in your profession as a physical therapist who works with these types of clients? Okay, yes. I would say one of the most challenging diagnoses we work with is low back pain because it's one of those things that if you're not on top of it all the time, the back pain can come back. Sudden quick movements that you just, you know, are reflexive can cause the back pain to come back. Back pain is really hard to deal with. And as a a therapist, your your whole goal is to make that person better. You really want to make them feel good. You want them to get back into the community again. You don't want them to have pain. And so when it's some diagnoses that aren't successful, it's really hard to to accept that. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people say when they hear when they hear about a career path like this, they'll say this. They'll say I could never have the patience to work with someone like that. In other words, you know, someone's starting out from the point where they just got injured, they can't walk, and you know, someone just may not have the patience to deal with that. And so what's your story? What made you decide to get into physical therapy? And what ultimately gives you that harder passion for your clients? Yeah, it's definitely something, uh, especially in our fast-paced world today, where you want instant answers and instant responses. It is a challenging um, aspect of therapy. But I mean, I'm 60 years old now, 61. So back when I started in the career, there we didn't have all this technology. So it was easier to be patient with it. <laughs> and I guess maybe I've developed a lot of that patient through the years. But everybody's called to a different, a different occupation, a different career, a different work. And I believe that God gives us with those talents and things that we need to do that work that, that we're called to do. So um, I also like homeschooled my kids. And a lot of people would say the same thing. Oh, man, I don't know how you have the patience to do that. And it's not for everybody. But what you're called to do is what you're going to be equipped for, and you're going to love it. I love that. And I I can 100% agree. So how would someone find out if they are called to work as a physical therapist? What kind of things can they do practically 
to learn if this is something that they would want to get into? Okay, so if they're a student, you know, a younger person um, trying to volunteer in a clinic, offering yourself, you know, even if you're just, you know, doing cleanup work, you know, gathering the towels, changing the beds, linens and things like that, you can learn a lot. And if you get into a clinic where people are really into training the next generation, that's really good, too, because they'll teach you along the way. Um, otherwise, of course, there's YouTube and the other areas that you can get information. But I think volunteering in a clinic is probably the best way to get that kind of exposure to see if it's something you want to do. It's really good to know. So what kind of education is required to actually be a physical therapist? Okay, at, at this point right now, um, it's a doctorate's level entry program. So in order to actually start practicing as a physical therapist, you have to have a doctorate's degree, which is seven to eight years. After that, some will go into specialties. They have all the specialties that you would see in any medical practice. So some will go into a specialty, like maybe women's health or orthopedics, or they even have uh, veterinarian uh, PTs working with racehorses, or it's really a wide range. (laughs) But um, yeah, for right to start, it would be a minimum of like seven to eight years, depending on the program you're in. And then from there, you can go on to get specialty if you want to. Okay, that's good to know. So what about like uh, just generalized average salary ranges? What does that look like for a physical therapy, a physical therapist? Okay. Yeah. The um, Right now, the median range in the United States is between uh, 75 and 80,000 a year. That goes up, of course, with experience, time in the field and specialty. So it can go up into over 120, 130,000 for some. Here in Samoa, half, half that. <laughs> we we're half that national average over here, but we also don't have heating bills. <laughs> so, and that would be assuming what, like 40 hours a week worth of work, or is there oftentimes mm-hmm. where it requires more than 40 hours a week? What does a typical week look like? Yeah, no, right now it's 40 hours. Um, we don't generally have to go beyond that. So it's pretty much just 40. Yeah. Very good. So what would you say the biggest learning curve was in your profession? Okay. I'd say, um, Academically, it would be learning all the the muscles and the nerves, innervations, the movement patterns, because that's basically what we use entirely in our career. Um, when we assess somebody and we see, we have to identify the weakness, we have to identify which muscle is weak, we have to then identify the um, exercises that will be needed for that specific group. Sometimes it's, you know, balance, which requires a lot more than just one muscle. You know, you've got core, you've got ankle and knee and hip that's all involved. But then there's also a second aspect that's really not academic, but something more learned. And that's understanding people. You really have to understand the person that you're working with. And sometimes if they've had an injury or they've had a stroke, for example, they're not themselves. And you have to dig deeper and you have to understand what that person's life was like before their accident and uh, what their goals might be. We've had, I've had a patient once that just so much wanted to go back into uh, diving, fishing, you know, he had an amputation. So we had to work with him and, and to be able to help him to establish realistic goals. But lo and behold, he was able to get a artificial leg that worked in the water. So he did eventually go back into the water. Another patient we had before had a stroke and she was just the most horrible person Nobody wanted to be around her. Nobody wanted to help her. She was rude. She was angry. She would just 
you know, shut up and not talk to anybody. But as therapists, we're able to spend more time and understanding, trying to get to know them. So after talking to the family and stuff, it was that this woman was the sweetest lady you could ever know before her stroke. So my thoughts were this stroke has affected her personality. And we need to understand that, that that's not really her and treat her respectfully, not as a belligerent person not wanting to work with us. And as soon as she started recovering, her personality started coming back to what was normal. And I remember meeting her a couple of years after we had seen her and she was just the nicest person you could ever meet, you know? So being able to understand people and not assume that they're being, you know, understand that their anger or the things that you're seeing may not really be that person at all. And always treating people with dignity. So, uh, so I guess that means if you're not a people person, don't be, don't become a physical right. person. <laughs> yeah, you are in the face of people all day. <laughs> so, yeah. So here's a question that I get a lot because, you know, I am an adaptive personal trainer. And a lot of the times, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have clients come to us and they'll say, you know, what's the difference between a personal trainer and a physical therapist? So how would you answer that question? Well, I would say a personal trainer is specializing in just exercises, specifically exercises to work with people. A physical therapist is going to work with someone that's more acute in their stage of recovery. For example, a person that maybe has just gotten out of a cast, you know, an athlete just got out of their cast from breaking their leg on the football field, they're not going to be able to run right into the gym and start doing heavy stuff under a personal trainer. But they'll need to have some therapy first to work on. Um, their mobility and getting the range of motion back, the strengthening, the balance that will then move them on to the next stage of uh, personal trainer or athletic trainer. That's that's probably the best explanation that I've ever heard. And I've always been wondering <laughs> for my own reasons. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So my last question for you is, you know, if somebody was thinking about becoming a, a physical therapist, maybe they're maybe they're on the fence, maybe they haven't quite decided on what education path they're going to take. You know, what advice would you give them to kind of push them into becoming a physical therapist? They would have to check and see if like if they're interested in the medical field, are they interested in diagnostics and treatment or are they interested in like long-term involvement with a person in therapy. I like to always describe it as like physicians save lives, but the therapists are ones that make it worth living. Mm. So a person can say they had a, a spinal cord injury and now everything, life has changed big time. And the doctors saved their lives, but now they're lying there in bed. They can't move or do anything. And that's no way to live. And a person is going to get depressed and they'll probably die. But If a therapist then jumps in and starts training them and teaching them and motivating them and encouraging them. And and I also like to, like, for example, with spinal cord injuries, I have a fellow on island that we rehabbed and I bring him in when I have a new spinal cord injury. I bring him in with his chair and he meets with that new person and talks with them. And that's really good for them because then they know that they're talking to someone who has actually been through it. And Oh, did I get off? I think I got off topic there. But yeah, I would just say to look at those two areas of the medical field, you know, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to, if you want to spend a lot of time with people getting to know them and seeing the recovery, then the therapies is where you want to go speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. 
Sandra, we are just so grateful you joined the show today. And we believe that you contributed a lot of really good information to our audience that is really going to help impact some lives. So thank you so much for joining the show. And we look forward to uh, talking next time. All right. Thank you.